And welcome to another edition of the Barstool Philly Sports and I guess life podcast now. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit later. I'm joined by Barstool Franco and uh, Nate from the DMV has hopped on today. We are brought to you today by DraftKings. Millionaires are made every week all season long at DraftKings.com, America's favorite number one fantasy football site. One week means no season long commitments. You can play whenever you want. If you got an injured player, not a problem. At DraftKings.com, it's like a new season every week, so you're never stuck with the same bums. Pick your team in minutes, and you could be on your way to winning huge cash. This season, one listener turned ten bucks into five thousand dollars. Another turned two dollars into ten grand. And as you know, a new millionaire is crowned nearly every week. This season at DraftKings.com, you could be next. Imagine winning a million bucks in one day just playing fantasy football at DraftKings.com. Get free entry into our hundred thousand dollar fantasy football contest this weekend, where first place takes home ten grand. So head to DraftKings.com now, enter the promo code Hike to play for free. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Bigger events, bigger winnings, bigger millionaires, and our Hike, H-I-K-E for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings. Dot com. And excuse me for breathing heavy and sweating because, oh, yeah, that was a that was a struggle to read through. I am uh, <clears throat> I'm a little under the weather today. Uh, and by that, I mean it's basically a natural tragedy. I'm very surprised I can get through the day of blogging and being able to talk on radio. Did you shower but, today or is that just from the rain? <laughs> no, we showered. We okay. showered. We shitted. We sweated. And... Uh, Right, it's just like a lightheaded feeling. You know, I haven't felt this bad since. Remember the time at Stowe's when we tried to do that dive bar review? Not the one we actually did, but the one like the winner where I passed out in the bathroom. Yeah, because you said we're about to record, and you go, "I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick," and you go downstairs to the bathroom. I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and me and the other guy run out of conversation pretty quickly. And he, I, and he said, "I think he went down to check on you, right?" Yeah, he did. No, he's he's the one that got me. This was twenty five minutes, by the way, easily twenty five minutes. You were down there. Oh, I mean, it was good. It was. It, we were doing the dive bar review on like a Tuesday because Trogue's beer was sponsoring it, and we couldn't like like finagle it. They gave us two dates in a month to do it, so I was like, okay, I'm not feeling good at all. The weekend was a mess, like it always is. You know what? We're gonna tro- we're gonna troop through it. Get there. We do a couple things. I have like a beer or two, and I'm like dehydrated. I'm getting dizzy just figure okay we're gonna take a shit we're gonna get it all out right now (laughs) go downstairs and as i'm walking downstairs i see a flash of freaking white just absolute white it's like oh boy this isn't good and next thing i know the guy i just met works for trogues is shaking me up on the woman's bathroom floor he was also a trained emt well why the fuck didn't he help me out well he, he did. That's when he came upstairs to to get me, and I went down there, and it looked you were just kind of like I, I almost feel like you were sitting on the floor, like I, drenched I could, in sweat. And then you're like, you need to take me to the hospital. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was real bad. But then you're like, well, though, yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah. That, you know, yeah. My my insurance, my <laughs> shitty <laughs> part time barstool want, sports health insurance. I didn't want to bring that up because we ended up yeah. bringing you to your apartment. Would have been. Would have been. A, <laughs> 15,000, 15 grand or like 1,500 ambulance trip just to get an IV. So you were like, don't, the take, hospital. don't take me to the emergency room because it might cost too much money. Just just get me home. Yeah. And I'll work, I'll work it out from there. So I go home and I'm just like, just try to sleep on it. I like struggle in my bed. 
end up shitting the bed not <laughs> once but twice that night. Oh, like, my God. I remember when you told me that, I was thinking to myself. Oh, it was awful. Oh, it, it was awful. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's essentially what we're going through today. If we can make it through this podcast tonight without shitting the bed. Well, here's the problem. If you start to pass out, I'll just – Nate can carry it, I think, so – I, I think I'll be all right. I got the I got some orange juice here. I'm not nearly as bad because I like I, I was I had strep throat and I was boozing and like yeah. you know that's that's a that's a it's a bad one two punch. And now you know I don't know what the hell's wrong with me now. It could be fucking anything, but at least at least I'm being civilized and not gonna drink. I bet until. if you kept drinking, the strep throat wouldn't have come on that hard because you would have been keeping the the strep bacteria at least a little bit at bay. Yeah, I would have been dead. <laughs> <laughs> and like, dude, man, when I saw that white flash, it's a scary feeling. Yeah, you know something's wrong. So, but, Nate, yeah, welcome, Nate. How we doing? Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, uh, not too well, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I mean, it's good. Life is good. Life is good overall. But uh, yeah, we, we brought Nate on uh, the podcast this week because uh, two weeks ago when we did the uh, the uh, modern day Greek tragedy of. Uh, Smitty going from the highest to highs in life playing online poker to the absolute lowest of lows. Uh, it got, it got, got, got good reviews. You got, got a lot of good reviews good for that. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, they didn't really understand some of it, I guess. People <laughs> now, liked hearing what that life is like. Yeah. I mean, people basically enjoy to hear misery. And, and yeah. that, that's, I don't think it was the misery. I, I sat here as a first first time hearer of it or listener of it and it was it was what you said it was like a greek tragedy where you think you're i we know you and i'm like this story can't get any better then it can't get any worse and you're like holy shit it got worse yeah yeah it's yeah it, it was it, it didn't exactly get better from that either it was the <laughs> it was the scene from joe dirt when they're all listening on the radio that's what it felt like for me i felt like kevin nealon being like you i need to, i need more of this so um you know, people people are reaching out, and I appreciate it, and and you know, appreciate people enjoying hearing the. Uh, I, I I'm, I'm it is what it is. It's the misery of my life, but um, you know, I guess we'll get into more of that uh, instead of just talking real sports. And uh, again, that's why we brought on Nate because uh, I didn't even know this until I did the podcast. But uh, Mr. Eric Nathan has. Uh, Quite a foray into the online poker background world too. Huh? Yeah, uh, it, it was surprising to me when we both found out that we both had this prior to a barstool online poker professional poker ish life like job. Like, what are the chances? Like the two of us, like you without know, without knowing each other before. Yeah, and we without both knowing pretty much did the same thing. Yeah, I mean it's a little different because I my poker career crash and burn before black friday and you started after so it is kind of like two halves of doing it but, but we'll, we'll get into that but but how did you how did you first start to get into it was it like college with everyone else or were you playing like all your life oh no um basically the same way as you and most people around our age that got into it you saw it and i guess it was 2004 2005 on TV on ESPN for the first time with Chris Moneymaker, you know, it's like he won like a whatever $30 satellite into the main event and then went out and won the main event. Yeah, this fat this fat ass from fat ass accountant from Tennessee. Tennessee can do it. Why can't it be me? And so they uh, sold yeah. that. They sold that so well to everybody and oh, you yeah. know, 
it was amazing to watch on TV. They did it so well. You saw all their cards, and so everybody started playing. So I started playing uh, just home games with like friends and family. We didn't know what we were doing at all. I, I think we didn't even know like half the rules. Like we just wanted to play because it was on TV. Everybody was talking about it, and so you know, just messed around a little bit in that. And then I can't really remember how I made the jump to online, but. When I it was, it was somewhere around college, and I went to college in '06, and I don't think I, I don't even think I played like as a freshman, maybe not even a sophomore, but um, somewhere in there, I started playing online and was terrible. Like, had no idea what I was doing. Was just donating money. Yeah, and for and for reference, how great would it have been if we played online poker and knew what we were doing uh, in 2005 to 2007? I I don't clean a house. I, is there there has to be I think there is a, someone made a documentary about how much money those kids made like like the genius kids who knew how to play back then they made infinity dollars they they won so much money because all it took was a credit card anybody could play and it was on TV there was a thousand commercials and so people just put on a ton of money you know like just old guys at home who didn't know what they were doing yep. basically yep. basically if you weren't playing. If you knew what you were doing and weren't playing by the book, like like if you didn't buy Doyle Brunson, Brunson's you know one two three step poker poker and was playing a little bit ahead of your time, a little counterculture, three betting a lot, you know maybe. Well, no, like because yeah, all you had to do was three bet and yeah, everybody and, and, would think you had aces and they would fold. Exactly. exactly. It was incredibly soft, and so unfortunately, I wasn't in it at that exact moment. And even if I was, I probably wouldn't have been good anyway. Because it took me a while, it took me a while to really come to this realization that you can make a lot of money or any money, decent money, playing if you know what you're doing. Because so many people are bad that if you study up a little bit and you figure out how to play profitably, you can make money doing it. So basically, little by little, I started uh, just reading a bunch, bunch of stuff of how to play, um, just it, working on my game, you know, just like trying to get better, and I just ended up figuring it out for the most part, just being good enough to get by. I, I, wasn't, I, I, I would say you were probably better than me based on your story, but I, I did well enough to get by for a little bit. There's only one way to settle that. No. Well, I mean, hey, there, there's, so much, there's so much variance yeah. in, in, in freaking poker. Like, like people, the, the, the poker tournament in Jersey a couple weeks ago where Prez and I played in, People are chirping at me. This is right after that poker podcast came out. People are chirping at me. Oh, I didn't. I outlast Prez and stuff. Uh, yeah, there's just so like any tournament. Literally anyone can win if you get lucky enough. Poker is the definition. If you're gonna make money playing poker, is the definition of a grind and just overcoming mm -hmm. the variance in those odds. Yeah, and so um, that's a huge thing. Is the grind like? It's actually a. Uh, there's two ways you can do it. There's a lot of grinders or back when it was legal who just really just sat there at the computer, you know, 18 hours a day playing. You can play very low stakes and just, you know, you grind your way up. Some of the biggest players now started with like 50 bucks playing the one cent, two cent games and just grinded their way up to like the high stakes games. I was never one of those people. Hey, see, I was, I was one of those. I was a, I was an addictive grinding loser meaning i would play 18 hours a day and 
just play for stakes out of my mind, uh, thinking I was better, and then uh, basically sit on a giant fist at the end of every <laughs> night before yeah. I pass out and do it again. Would it have been possible? Like, could you have gotten four guys you know at different computers and be all no. at the same table at the in a for for money? Online in any of these programs? Uh, yeah, Nate, Nate you you know more people in Maryland that. Uh, I mean, can you coordinate with those guys and, and have one guy win and then just separate the winnings by by purposely, like having well, two guys you don't know in there, and just wouldn't be worth your while. And it's you your account. They would figure it out so quick, and they would okay, close yeah. your account and take all your money. Gotcha. Like, like, I, I I had I had different accounts going. You know, my friend's name, my girlfriend at the time's name. I. I had I had aliases out the fucking ass. It's awful. I, oh, I mean, it was what it was. I was trying to get the deposit bonus money because yeah. that was the only money I could able to get that quickly. And uh, not even on purpose. You know, I was playing on two computers, and uh, we ended up where it was like my girlfriend's screen name and my screen name ended up at the same final table. Full Tilt came in and froze the winnings because we had the same IP address. I was like, all right, man. Like, like, <laughs> I feel like what you that, that's like when you're collecting old bottles and cans to, to redeem. No, that's uh, that's highly frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. no, it absolutely is. I, I mean, I, I admit I, I admit I was guilty, but it was more of like a manslaughter guilty to where, you know, I didn't know. I, like, I didn't mean to be doing it. I, I, were they really good with that? Like, could you have just gotten like a like a, a lot of people got caught? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's okay. not that hard to figure it out if you have the technology. Yeah, What's a lot on? of people got caught like multi-accounting, and a lot of people got caught with like a lot of money doing it. And oh, okay. like, you're not even supposed to ha- like have not even playing at the same time. You're not even supposed to have two names for yourself because you, it's uh, okay. behind a computer. So gotcha. they kind of w- want and, and, to be able to, like know who you are. And every hand is tracked and is made public. Okay. So so who was that guy oh, who went on uh, Ultimate Bet and Absolute Poker, the Poker Pro, who like took Mattisau? Oh, Russ Hamilton. So there's this dude who's the biggest scumbag to ever walk the earth whose name is Russ Hamilton, and he's like a WCP bracelet winner. He's kind of an old fat guy now, and he basically hacked Ultimate Bet so he could see everybody's cards. He played the highest games, and he Mm -hmm. took a ton of pros for millions and millions of dollars. And And it's a shame, too, because if that motherfucker wasn't so greedy, he'd have gotten away with it. He he basically did get away with it. Like he I don't think he I'm not gonna say I'm sure about this. I don't think he had to return a lot of the money. Ultimately, okay, well I might I might get a get away with it from a moral standard too. Oh, it, it's wild though, because like people like if, if you have the answers to the test, you still leave a couple, you know, exactly. blank yeah. or, or off so it doesn't you know, yeah. you take the ninety six, ninety seven. You don't go for the perfect score. Takes yeah, losses so right now and then. he was he was a big time scumbag, and he still walks. He's, I don't think he ever went to jail for either. Uh, Ultimate bet ended up having to refund millions and millions of dollars because of that, but I don't think anything actually happened to him. All right, where were so so Nate? Now now the question is: so Smitty's days are over because of Black Friday. And this is where Nate's story picks up, I guess. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, wait, 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 what, what transitioned you to being a professional poker player and eventually moving to London for it? Yeah, so uh, let's see. I graduated college and couldn't find a job, as is tradition. I was very, very poor. 
Oh, at some point in there, I final tabled something at uh, an AC where first place was like 48K, and I went into the final table as the huge chip leader, and then I finished, I think, eighth for like 7K, and so that was terrible. <laughs> and then um, I was still poor, so I did. So I moved to New York City. Like, kind of, you did that too, right? You were poor and moved to New York City. Uh, yeah, I wasn't exactly poor. I mean, I moved to New York City right after I won the. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was kind I of wasn't weird. exactly poor. Like, yeah, seven thousand dollars to my name, poor. <laughs> yeah, but G- give oh, it a couple I months. Had, and I didn't have that full seven. I probably had like three k when I moved to New York City. Without a job. Seems like a good move then. Yeah, so I had no job, no place to live. Moved to New York City. uh, Slept on a couple friends' couches for a few months while applying for like, you know, 50 jobs a day, all day, every day. Um, Finally, I was at a McDonald's stealing their Wi-Fi, like eating like dollar menu and uh, contemplating, you know, jumping off the bridge. And then uh, HR lady sat down next to me, and I basically was like, "Can you get me a job?" And then she got me a job at like a real, not at McDonald's, at like an actual, <laughs> I was for that. like at an actual job. I just got very lucky that I met a woman at McDonald's who was hiring. Um, so I worked at a uh, agency, like you know those things Dave always talks about how much he hates the advertising agencies. Yeah, I worked at one of those in New York, and it was terrible. <laughs> so. Is this are you talking like Mad Men type thing? Uh, well, yeah. If we were, you like, were not one of the Mad Men, you were one. If of we were like sixty years ago, now it's just like you buy advertising, you place it on okay. TV, and you work sixty hours a week. I was making thirty-five thousand dollars a year, uh, working like sixty hours a week, living in East Harlem, like in like the worst neighborhood in New York City. My life was I was uh, I was making zero dollars because like it cost more to live than the money I was making. Yeah. So basically. My life was terrible, so I quit my job, and then I moved to Manchester, England, to play poker online. See, now that, and that's where I don't get. Were you staked by anyone, or you when? just got up and moved on your own? Like, do you know? Did you know anyone? Like, I know Maryland, other than Vegas and you know L.A. is probably the most connected poker town for online players. Like, did you know anyone? Were you staked going um, to it, or did you just pick up and go? I had been when I was. Oh, I guess we left out a big. <laughs> piece of it yeah, when no i was shit. playing like, <laughs> when i was playing uh between college and moving and black friday like when it all got shut down uh i was staked a few times in there like i was grinding pretty regularly and i was staked for high stakes uh by a guy i was staked for low stakes at one point i was playing on my own at one point i, I was in and out of being staked but i met a bunch of people like, I, I met a bunch of people who play professionally and online professionally so um, I, kn- I knew a kid who lived in Manchester. Like he's from there and he lived there. When you say and know him, did you know him just from online? Or from playing poker, him? yeah. Okay. And we just, you know, through Twitter and shit like that. It's like a whole big community. So it's like so, an online dating relationship and you just – I mean you didn't you know, know what you were walking No, uh, more like we like talked about hands and like how to play poker and like got better at so it. So it's like a fetish relationship. <laughs> talked about hands. Yeah. Or the complete like furrymates.com. No. Okay. Did you at least like Skype before going over there? Yeah, I talked to him a lot. Like we oh, yeah. like played poker together and like but we you could see each other like video wise and stuff. Now what 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 time frame was this? Um when I moved? Yeah. Two thousand twelve. Okay. Uh, early two thousand twelve. Oh right. somewhat recent. So So like we said, my, my poker life came to an end on Black Friday oh, when God. 
it was basically it still wasn't illegal to play poker in America, but it was illegal for the banks to put any money in or take any money out. It was basically money laundering. Well, on Black Friday, you couldn't log on anymore. Well, no. No, but that's where the rules or that's where the law was shady. It wasn't ever illegal to play. It was illegal to cash out banks to cash out or put in money. That's where the money laundering came in. Just, but that's a whole different story. Like, like when what was your mindset when you said, fuck it, I'm going to well, move to Manchester yeah. to play poker? Because like, that's, that, that's a career that might never – still not back in it, America. It's, uh, it's kind of how I moved to New York without a job and without a place to live. I just kind of just went with it. Like It's just like I'll figure it out when I get there like, and stuff will just, you know – I'll make it work. Like you don't when you're in that situation, you don't have a choice but to make it work. So you just go for it. And so it worked out in New York and then I hated my job. So I was like, I'll just do the only other thing that I actually like doing, which was playing poker. So I quit my job and I moved like a week later to Manchester. Um But did you need did you go on a tourist visa? I almost got uh, sent back at the airport. Actually, I was going to uh, say, like, how do, how do you? Go? <laughs> that was that was one of the scariest moments ever. Like, the woman stamping the passport. Where, Heathrow in London? Or? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it might have been the Manchester. I don't remember what I flew into, yeah, but like- uh, the woman stamping the passports. She was like your quintessential, just like angry old British woman, like just like probably like wooden teeth could kill you if she wanted to and so she's like what oh my god so she's like grilling everybody and i'm like this isn't gonna be good like i i have no reason to be here i don't have a return flight yet i'm i'm gonna get sent home were you so nervous you felt like you were gonna shit no not yet but uh, that did happen when she she's like questioning me and asking me all these things and i you don't – I read a bunch online like before like how to get into countries. They're like, don't say you're there to play poker. They'll send you away immediately. So I'm like – So – Well, why can't you just say, oh, I'm here on vacation? Okay, so that's what I said and she's like – but I didn't have like tickets to any other country. I didn't have uh, like hotel reservations to show her. I had nothing. I had nothing to show. So she ends up calling – my friend who I was staying with and thankfully he lied and was like, no, he's not here to work. He's uh, just visiting and he's going to, you know, and he was talking all British words that I don't really understand. Bloody. And so <laughs> I like, pretty and bloody. How many times does she use the word bloody in your face? Probably a thousand. Like they talk so weird. Like if you've never been over there, like you would not even know it's English at some points. It's so well, it does get, it gets a little cockneyed sometimes too. Yeah. But. Wild. So uh, he somehow sweet-talked her, and I got into the country. And then I played online for, uh, I don't know, six months, something like that. What, what did you play when you were over there? And were you staked? Were I was playing? not staked. I basically put my entire savings on the line. Uh, you know, I was paying rent. I was paying everything through my my entire bankroll was every like it was rent, it was food, it was poker, like it was all together in one pot, which you should never do. But at this point, you know, I was still just like, I don't care. If I yeah. fail, who cares? Like I'll still have been broke one way or the other. At least I got out of my terrible job that I hated, and now I'm doing something awesome, like that otherwise I wouldn't be doing. Yeah, for until that crashes and burns. Yeah, I mean. 
I, I don't worry about that shit though. It's just like do what you want, and if you fail, oh well. Like you'll just find something new to do. No. So it's basically, the motto of joining Barstool Sports. Well, yeah. Well, and, and I think about that a lot. Like, had I not played like shit at that final table in Atlantic City, I think first is forty eight k, fifty k, somewhere around there. So say I won that, like I should have, because I was by far the best player at the final table, and I just played like an idiot and got eighth for seven k. Uh, but say I won that, I probably would have moved, never gone to New York. I probably would have moved somewhere, probably not England either, like to Mexico or something, Canada, and tried to play online and probably failed way earlier. But I didn't, so I ended up moving to New York. You know, one thing just always led to another, yeah. so it eventually worked out is what I guess I'm saying. But yeah, over in Manchester, I played with my own money. I played long hours. I, I was I was grinding really hard, probably like fifteen tables at a time, low stakes, just grinding up a bankroll. Uh, I was selling a little bit of action to the higher stake games that I wanted to play, the really soft, higher, medium, and higher stakes games, which is a thing that you can do. Is you can sell like percentages of yourself. That's for you know people who don't get it. Uh, so say you're playing $1,000 worth of buy-ins across a day, you can sell off 50% of yourself. So people buy up that action and anything you cash, they get 50% back. So it's just them investing in you. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had that going on. So I did that a lot for the higher stakes games. Um, I kept all the soft, easy stuff that I could beat to myself for the most part. Uh, that turned out decently for me. I didn't make a zillion dollars. I didn't... I didn't a smitty and run it up to 120k i was just a peaceful grinder and uh had fun when you know went out in manchester had a real life at the same time and it was like one of the coolest experiences that i've done because i got to do you know i really enjoy playing poker and then i got to like not be tied down with a job at the age of 24 got to like live in another country for six months and it was just like it's really cool well now what 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 exactly brought you back were you were you burned out about it you can only stay there for so long uh, on like a visa. Yeah. You just can't. St- I mean, technically, I could have been staying there. You know, they would have never known, but you're not allowed to. And I just figured I shouldn't stay over there. I, I just shouldn't get it in my head that this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life is live like off the radar in London or in Manchester, like not paying, you know, not paying taxes and just like living this shady life. I was like, at some point, I need to figure out what I'm going to do. Like, but, but, I mean, you, you, you were a prototypical grinder. Have, did you ever get close to uh, cashing big? Oh, uh, everybody tournament? does, man. Like you. No, I'm talking like, like life-changing money, like something I had to where you're just like, all right, fuck it, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, um, a couple times. You go deep and stuff, and then, you know, you outlast 11,000 people where first place is six figures, and then you get, you know, 20th for like, 1.2k it's just like oh yeah it's it's one of the more demoralizing things that can happen is when like you have tons of chips you know you're crushing it and then your aces lose the kings with 20 people left when there's 100k for first it's just like am i ever gonna break through like is am i ever just gonna run good in that one spot and for a lot of people which is why it's really hard to say a lot of times who's better than who it's just a lot of times just if you win that one key flip, if you won that one key win that one key hand, and some people are really good and they just never win that one hand, or it takes them a very, very long time to just have that one breakthrough score. And I didn't I mean I had a few 
decent scores, you know, nothing big at all, enough to keep the lights on, enough to feed me. But, you know, I never had that big six-fig score. Uh, but it was fine, you know. It, and, that, and, that was, and that was my biggest thing that where I knew that if I kept playing, it was literally going to kill me. Or, excuse me, not if I kept playing, if the government didn't shut me down because I'd probably fucking run myself into the grave. I like yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about getting about suffering bad beats because everyone has a fucking bad beat story, and I hate hearing yeah. about people. But but I, I couldn't tell you how many times that exact situation has happened where you're running deep, and, and just like you said, you know, 10,000 people, or you're down to 20, and just that one motherfucking coin you start, and you start that, that you need. That twinge of, like, this could really happen. Oh, like, yeah. This is oh, it, like, no, it's not. It's not. Could this really happen? You need it to happen in order for that to, in order for that to go down. And I would I would run like a fucking Greek god in a free roll or a four-hour tournament where I'm just shoving and didn't give a dick about life. But whenever that... Whenever that moment needed to happen to, to get that really big payout, it just always seemed to bite me in the ass. And for a good reason, too. I'm happy it didn't happen. Because if it did, I'd, I'd pr- if I would have won another, you know, 100 grand after I, I, I won that 100 grand, I probably would have left New York and just said, fuck it, I'm going to Vegas. I'm playing the World Series for a summer. I'm going to see how far I can take this. Yeah, before. and and um, I think we all do that, really. Like, you have, like, one good score. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take one shot here. And it's okay to take shots like that. You know, I'll take a shot at a high stakes here. When I, at one point, this is way before I moved, I was probably 22, 21, maybe just graduated college. I don't remember when it was. I probably had 3K to my name, probably less. Oh, had to be less than that. I went to Vegas because a guy that I knew – put me into a 1K WSOP. Like he just staked me, free-rolled me into it. I think I, it was, he just, you know, it was just being nice, just a buddy. Uh, and uh, I bubbled it, and it was awful. And <laughs> so now I'm in Vegas. And this and this was what, like 2008, 2009, when like uh, there's probably, probably, probably 8,000 people playing? A- no, it wasn't the main event. It was just a 1K. Well, even so, those 1K events get oh, how many it, people? Yeah, it probably had like 4,000 runners or something. Uh, and I bubbled it. So now I'm in Vegas, like like basically, I'm not by myself, but like just sad. I'm looking at my Bank of America. Like there's, I can probably go back and look. It might have been like 1.2K to my name, to my entire name. And I'm in Vegas just like so sad, like can't do anything because I have no money. Going home to no job, like it was just one of those moments. Wait, are where you saying one point two k, like twelve hundred dollars? To my name, yeah. yeah. I I love the th- like one point two k just makes it sound like a whole lot more than it uh, really is. Twelve hundred, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, a veteran move. I know. I got about one point five k. You mean fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah. That was way before that, though. That was probably, you know, what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um. That was probably. A little bit before, um, I can't get my timeline straight. I want to say that's before I won the seven k. I want to say I won the seven k <laughs> like right after that. So like I had to like I immediately went from like wanting to kill myself to having money again, and then that kind of happened again when I moved home from Manchester. I'm back home with my parents because like I don't have a job again. I need to figure out my life again. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just go right for barstool. Started up a blog, got hired. And then, you know, just that's how life goes. Wait, wait, let me ask you this, because 
my my friend, I have a friend from South Africa and from England. We always get pissed at him over here because we're like, well, you get your fucking accent, so that's why you can get all you can pick up chicks without a problem. And he'd always be like, well, motherfucker, you could just go to England and use your accent to pick up chicks. Did your accent work over there with the English ladies? Yeah, they love it. It's not so much that it was uh, me. They didn't like me. They love the accent, though. Well, but that's my point. That's their point. They're like, bro, it's not yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, accent. Your 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 voice was 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 recommended highly over there, and you bounced. <laughs> my voice. Now I have a shitty speaking voice. I can admit that. It's no, just... no. First, well, let's not give him too much shit. It's not terrible. I mean, it is what it is. I'm not out here pretending like it's anything. He sounds that... like a he, he, over there. He probably sounded like a cool American guy. No, but that's exactly what it was. They don't know any different. Like, they're just like, that's how Americans speak. I was over there for a little while, and they were like, oh, I love your accent. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, but it it's really the same way work. everywhere. The same way we like theirs, they like ours. Like, it works really well. I'm not sure if they're going to like a Philly accent. I mean, well, I mean, well, nobody it's likes not, <laughs> no offense. You're not fucking Morgan Freeman going over there. That's what I know. just said. Yeah. But that's the I mean, point is that Sesame even with Street that. Street character. But even like, with that, they're still like, oh, I love you. Yeah, accent. they don't know any better. Just like if someone, one of them came over here, you wouldn't know if they sounded like an idiot or not. You just think they sound British. Yeah. I don't know Oh, you that. would know? You're, you're just like a linguist? <laughs> I, I, I think I'd be able to tell. A little bit. But, I mean, you're but, yeah. right. You're going to have like Elizabeth Hurley, who sounds like very sexy. Yeah, I'm British trying to think of a really, really dumb bloke who just sounds like shit. I guess it would be basically like, it'd just be any, any. From Clockwork Orange, like that sort of Cockney accent. Nah. All right, there's a couple guys who bartend at fucking. Or the singer at. Uh, Nate, you're not going to know, but the singer at Smith's has such a heavy Irish accent. Oh, that's Where Irish you can't though. fucking understand a word like Brad Pitt and that Snatch. he's saying oh yeah like, and he's he just I a mean, nice guy but i mean you 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 can't you you can't even fathom what he's talking about but he has a good irish voice Man- and, manchester uh, their accent the people from there it's a really heavy accent it's worse than like london oh yeah and it's it's very hard to understand a lot of the times but uh, drunk irish people are they when I was saying they don't, the woman at the airport wasn't speaking English. Like she was speaking proper English compared to what drunk Irish people sound like. They are unbelievably hard to understand. Like you just nod your head, you go yeah, yeah, and you just laugh along with them because nothing they say makes any sense at all. Back to um, back to the topic at hand. Right, fucking linguist one hundred and one. I'm just picturing Nate over there dropping his voice and girls being like, "You're so, you're so sexy." Yeah, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is what it is. Uh, no, you- uh, I, we were in line for a for a bar one time, and I was like t- just talking to a couple people, and I'm saying like the actual love of my life was standing behind me. She was like the hottest chick ever, just like dripping wet at my American accent. I was like, "This is it. I'm about to get married and live in England forever." And then I never saw her again once we walked inside. <laughs> well, yeah, she was dripping wet. She was like Nate. Something so, had to have happened. Between. How, how tall? How tall was she? <laughs> she was wearing heels. I don't want to discuss it. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? I'm on Nate's but, team here. Don't don't bring up the height thing. It's terrible. Just because you're nine foot ten doesn't yeah. mean whatever. Hey, hey, ten, whatever. Yeah. You know how many times I've heard when I was in better shape? Oh, you'd be really hot if you were taller. I've that's never kick, heard that. That's so. a kick in the balls. <laughs> well. <laughs> that's because you're, you're I've never heard that's that That's because you're 5'9 uh, that, That's not that short You're just You're just at the bottom end of average 
five nine's pretty short. Like when I'm around like my friends who are all taller than me, I'm like, I could I could grow. That would be a cool thing that I could yeah, no do. Shit, Nate, I'm five six. I hang out with guys who usually. Wait a second. So 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 let's let's get your timeline straight. So you oh, graduate. Right. You graduate. You graduate college. In 2010. 2010. You you went to work in New York. In 2000, I I did something in between there. Like <laughs> I was gonna say, you so you've only had one real life job. Yeah, I was. Nate, this I is was, the last four years. How hard can it be to establish this time? That life? media buyer job was your only like real life. Yeah, and like, I think that was cube monkey. Yeah, which I is did fine. That, which is absolutely fine. I did that for like a year, and then I got hired for Barstool in uh, October of last year. So there's a bunch of shit that went on in between that I'm like fuzzy about. <laughs> Jesus. How much did you smoke during that? We, we should have we like... should have worked out this story. <laughs> no, and I was talking about this over the summer with a couple of friends. Like I have like a dead year somewhere in my life where I where I don't know what I did. Like I was unemployed for sure, but I don't really remember doing anything. Like I don't really remember what I did. It was just like nothing really happened for that year. I think it was the year right after college. Like from 2010 to 2011, and then I guess I moved to New York in 2011. But I guess I just played well, well, online. Let's this out. Where were you living? Like, what? Where were you living? <laughs> in New York? No, no. Right after college. I, with my parents. Okay. So I think I was just playing online and lying to them about applying for jobs. But I think I was just playing poker <laughs> online that whole time. <laughs> I've been there before. Yeah, and Jesus, I did the exact same the, thing. Yeah, the the old the old wait for a cash. And yeah. lie to your parents and girlfriend about fucking looking for jobs. So, oh, I did the exact Christ. same thing too when I got home from England. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to find a real job, one that I like. I'm going to move out, you know, by the end of the year. But also, I would go to Panera Bread to use their Wi Fi. And then I would just do my fake blog that I was starting. And I would apply for like one job. But mostly, I would just write for my fake blog that I started. Well, and I mean, then you're, you're, after doing that for like two months, I was just like, I'm never going to get a real job. I hate everything about real jobs. And then because I'm awesome, I got hired. So when you, when you say fake blog, you meant this wasn't a blog you were doing just as an application for Barstool. This was a blog that you were doing for, on your own because you like doing it. Somewhere in between. it. Uh, like why did you start it? Because, well, I was looking for a blog like Barstool for the D.C. area okay. and there were none. And I was like, well, I have a lot of time. I'm I'm good enough at this. So I started my own, and uh, it, it caught on. I mean, it's very hard to grow an audience like from a blog. Like it, it's, uh, it's nowadays, it's impossible now. Yep. It's yeah, yeah it's I would impossible. say it's one of the more impossible things yeah. like right now because everything everything's out there is, is out there. You're so so, so oversaturated. Yeah. So it. I'm not gonna say I like grew an audience at all in two months, but I got a few people reading it that I didn't know. Like like for two months, I was doing okay. Like not at all, but like yeah, surprisingly, you mean, you're not making any money. No, not oh, that I'm out never going to make any money off no. of it. But I was getting good feedback, and that's all that really mattered. And I was just like, one night I was so I was. Uh, it was another one of those times when you're at rock bottom. I'm sitting on like my childhood bedroom floor, you know, like <laughs> no job, looking at my Bank of America, like what am I doing with my life? So I gather up like my the links to my best blogs. Uh, that I've gotten good feedback on, and I sent Dave an email. I was, was like, "This is my name. Uh, you know, I'm DC. Here are some blogs that I've written. I've gotten good feedback. Hope you like it." And so on WordPress, you can like it shows you 
how many people were like looking at your blog at the yeah. moment. Yeah, sure. And I start seeing the ticker go up. Like someone's looking at this blog and I'm like, okay, fuck. Like he's looking at it this quick. Like this is wild. It was like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night where all that was on was like Marlins versus Astros. Like nothing was going on. I think the best part is your blog views were so low. You could tell when Dave. Oh yeah. Probably, cause I mean, that's why that's why it is. in the beginning. That's just oh, the way it yeah, shows yeah, up. Trust me. Yeah. I know. So, um, and then I see like two people are looking at a blog. I'm like, wait, is he like sending it to people? Like what's happening? And as it turns out, he like sent it to like Kevin and uh big cat. And so, um, they're like, I guess reading my blogs and I don't know, I'm like sweating, I'm dripping sweat, like on my childhood bedroom floor. Cause basically I'm watching my, is this actually going to happen? Yes or no. Like in live time, like what's going to happen with this. And then he emailed back and he was like, Hey, I like your stuff. Uh, let's talk tomorrow. And then we talked on the phone the next day and I was hired and it was like, Oh wow. So I never have to get a real job right now and I can move out of my parents' house. Yeah, I mean that's and that's the story of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty. I I had a different, uh, <laughs> obvious uh, foray into full time at Barstool, but for those of you out there, that's pretty much how it works. <laughs> for better, for worse. Yeah. Oh, and then I said, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, this place looks nice. It, it's a wild thing to go from, you know, not having a job, moving to New York. Getting a job because you're at a McDonald's at the right time. Yeah, you gotta tell. Well, first off, you gotta learn how to tell that story better because every time I've heard it twice, and it sounds like the woman from McDonald's tried to. No, I was just eating like double cheeseburgers, like stealing Wi-Fi, and she sat down with another HR woman, and I could just tell they worked in HR at a, like a real company by their pantsuits and their IDs and stuff like that. Right, right, and they were like, "Oh, this person got fired today." Blah blah blah. I was like. Oh, do you guys work? I, you know, I just like piped up. I was like, you guys work in HR. Like, what do you guys do? And we started talking. I was like, I need a job. <laughs> and I told them like a little bit about me. And uh, yeah, I was hired like a few weeks later for a real job. And it was amazing. See, see I, I think that's an important part for writing for Barstool is you have to have a certain level of misery in yeah. life <laughs> to appreciate being where you're at and what you're able to do. Yeah, uh, I'll, like, put, I'll put your misery factor somewhere little above average than the barstool norm i would say i i would say my mine was at a 9.5 uh, I, th- I think yours is at like oh when you put in depression and fucking you, you oh oh uh, you don't want me to touch that shit but yeah, uh that's oh uh, yeah I, I, I don't want you to but from where you sound like it sounds like you're like at a six and a half and i i, I think both of us god knows like <laughs> Half half the guys who write for Barstool, I, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know what Big Cat did beforehand. KFC was he was miserable in his own right, but at least he had like a decent job. He had a really good stuff. job. Yeah, but I mean, he was actually he was so miserable that that <laughs> that it might it might justify a nine as well. Because I mean, there's only so much you could take of the r- real world. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I I I was I was very similar to that, and I I mean. What kind of person quits their job and moves to another country to do – and I don't even think I touched on – I'm not great at poker. Like I'm okay. I can play it <laughs> well enough to scrape by. Yeah, I'm not but, but, but that's but that's that, that's, Any, that's the point of online poker. It's, it's, it's not – you don't have to be good. You, you have to play <clears throat> play it kind of – play the situations the right way. Every time online, and if if you do that and you run well, 
you should be able to profit over time. And, and that's all I did. I just, yeah. I played a bunch of tables, ABC and just try to eke out a little bit of profit and have a good time as I was doing it. So while I didn't like hit some huge score like you did, I also didn't like, you know, almost die doing it either. You didn't get close to the sun, but you also didn't plummet to the ground. Nah, it was just a, the sun. it was just like a good time, and I haven't played in quite a while. Like, I don't really play at all anymore. Just you know, fucking, I just do the blog grind, which is yeah. kind of similar. It's, to it's poker very, grind in oh, a way. it's very similar. It's very similar to poker. One it's, one of the funny things is like, you can play like ABC poker. And grind out a profit, and then like every once in a while, you can like mix it up and like play creatively and like see like something else you can do. And you can do that with blogging also. Like every so often, you can write a blog in kind of a different way, like take a shot at it, see if it works out. And sometimes you just don't work out at all, and sometimes it goes over really well. And it's it, a lot of things are similar in poker with uh, the blog grind. Have you played? Have you played any live tournaments recently or anything? Nope, haven't played live in. Yeah, forever i mean that that's pretty I much tell you. yeah i played the last time i really played live was last year when last summer when i it was right before i i was doing odd jobs left and right i was working a freaking summer camp we need to do a podcast on just the jobs you yeah had i think we're going to do that next week because i had about a dozen jobs something in I, which <laughs> In which I not only had to swallow my pride, I had to fucking digest it and shit it out and still eat it oh. again. Oh, God. Dude, when what? I was working uh, in New York, I had a boss who lived on the West Coast who didn't understand time zones. Like, she didn't get, like, she was three hours behind. So she would give me work to do at, like, to her time, which was five my time, and be like, I need this done. I'd be like, it's already five. This is going to take all day. She goes, well, you have all day. And I had explained to her all the time that we had different, like we were on a different clock. She didn't really, it, she got it, but she didn't really get it. And like, that's what I had to deal with at my job. And then my coming in three hours later every day. No. Cause I had a boss in New York also who had like a hundred kids who like, she left at four o'clock every day to like uh. get her litter. And it was just a miserable, <laughs> miserable existence. Nate, I had to fucking dress up like Billy Mays and go into <laughs> South Philly to try to sell Mr. Stickies to a bunch of black people who assume they needed it for free or assume they get it for free and get fucking physical. Don't, don't start when, the story because we're going to have to go into Well, I mean, you want to compare fucking job stories. We can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, no. Any job like that is going to be terrible. But, oh. I mean, jobs in general. I don't know, man. I've had great jobs no. my whole life. I was a sailing instructor. I was a, a water taxi driver, boat boat <laughs> boat driver. But 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 back to back to what God said is I, I was I was working a summer camp last year. My brother's summer camp at Grand Slam, just like not knowing what the hell to do with life. And I had about a thousand dollars left your in brother, the bank. Your brother? Yeah. Well, that's that's we'll, we'll get into that. Um and. Uh, about a thousand dollars left in my bank account, and you know I'm still in debt. I'm still doing this shit, and I see a tournament, a six-table bounty tournament at Parks for three hundred and thirty dollars, a hundred-dollar bounty. And I'm just like, you know what? This is like, this is like my 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 my, my six-table live bounty is what I am good at. I'm gonna go 
this Saturday and and try to get and then you know make this my last poker tournament ever. If I do well, great. We'll see what happens. If I do bad, you know, fuck it, retired. And I ended up going in the final table as a chip leader and just smoking it away. Yep. Fucking spewing chips like an asshole. And then I ended up cashing pretty good for like with the bounties, like two grand. But I mean, ugh, same so deal. Like could have been, yeah. You guys are kind of making me want to get into this lifestyle. No, no. absolutely not. No, I, I uh, feel like I can do it. Absolutely not. I, I did send Smitty like a link to uh, an AC tournament, which is going to be like pretty good and like fun sized. Uh, and I guess it's next month in December that I'm thinking about going to. It's like a Saturday Sunday thing. That I, the, the, I think I think the only time go. the only time well I mean the only time I'm really going to do live poker for that amount of stakes is if I get if I get backed because I mean I play with my own money. Well, how much now. is it for this tournament? It's just is like it a like 365, 365 like rebuy. Yeah, so, that's another thing with the rebuys, man. Yeah. I mean, so now you're looking at like seven. You're spending seven fifty. No, you're you're, you're not you're not spending if you don't want to. But there yeah. are guys who will spend. Well, you have to do times that. five that. Yeah. And just you oh, don't know oh, how, how many times can you rebuy? You can unlimited. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's as many as you want. That's, that's okay, and and you know online when it's a hundred hours and and hundred hour rebuy and you can you know you're buying in for three hundred hours right off the bat basically, and you know you can rebuy as many times as you can. You know it's okay because it's kind of fake money. It's in your bankroll and you don't give yeah. a fuck. When you're dishing over $365, <laughs> you know, every time you get knocked out, I mean, you can't do that. And there's some people who treat it as online and they're able to do it and, you know, just shoving left and right, just trying to pick up as many chips as possible. Yeah, if anybody wants to back me and Smitty for that, uh, hit us yeah, up. Yeah, we'll make, we'll make a video. We'll make a good one. I think yeah. I mean, that's not a bad if you can get back. We can we can make, if they let us, we can make a video of you guys. Yeah. Doing it. Someone should back us and we'll. Pimp the fuck out of your company. Why don't you talk to yeah, the president? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's not happening. I think we all know that. <laughs> uh, you oh, never yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny joke you just made. Yeah. All right, but that'll uh, that'll wrap up this episode of the Barstool uh, Barstool Philly podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Nate. Uh, got got some got some good life info out of you. Yeah, we got we got we learned that you you have a timeline like interstellar as easy to follow as the interstellar movie. I need to map it out for myself cuz I'm telling you there's a year that I have no idea what my life was. It's just it's a blank in my head. It's just a big blank spot that I don't know what I did. Yeah, I agree. Figure it out. But uh yeah, follow uh, at Barstool Franco, at Barstool Nate and uh check out DraftKings. Yeah, forget. check out DraftKings and uh Tune into the Fancy Podcast on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next week. See you, Nate. See ya.